Apparently, Matt Gates is just somebody who is destined to be miserable for the remainder of his life, and to be honest, I'm kind of okay with that. But Matt Gates, after literally getting everything he wanted this week by ousting Kevin McCarthy, is now complaining, crying to Newsmax host Eric Bowling about how horrible the new temporary speaker, Patrick McHenry, is for the House. So you didn't, you didn't like the last guy, you got him kicked out. And now, even though the new guy only had the job for a couple hours before you went whining to Eric Bowling, you're unhappy about him too. So just everything in Matt Gates's world is the worst thing ever. Here is what the whiny little Matt Gates told Eric Bowling shortly after McHenry was appointed to be the speaker pro tem. He said, quote, I do have to offer some pretty sharp criticism of the new pro tem of the house, Patrick McHenry. We met tonight and he sent us home until Tuesday of next week, Eric. We should be here tomorrow working to elect a new speaker, getting onto our appropriations bills and engaging in a negotiation with the Senate to get the government funded. But instead, whoa, these people have to go, have got to go home and cry for a week. They've got to go do a week of hand wringing and bedwetting over the fact that Kevin McCarthy isn't speaker anymore. This institution is about more than one man. It's about the job. How about we pass a budget? His first act as the spe- as the acting speaker of the house was to send everyone home till Tuesday. That's moving in the wrong direction. We've got to get a new speaker and we've got to get leadership to understand a sense of urgency that your viewers and the American people all feel and you're a lying sack of excrement, Matt. Oh, he sent us home because they want to bedwet and cry. Dude, the only bedwetting and crying is coming from you. Well, we should be working on the budget bills. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Where the frick have you been for the last like four months? I mean, we could go even further than that, by the way, back to when the debt ceiling thing was, was becoming an issue. Where have you been, Matt? What have you been doing? Cause you haven't been working on budget bills. You haven't been trying to pass these appropriations bills. You specifically ousted Kevin McCarthy, which I'm actually cool with by the way, but you ousted him because he wouldn't hold up the budget bills and give you your little picky bitch demands. That's what happened. So you didn't pass the budget appropriations bills because you wanted to take your ball and go home. So you are the one who has not been negotiating. You are the one who has been acting in bad faith. And you're the one who has the friggin' audacity to go out there and tell an audience of some of the dumbest people in this country that, oh, we should be working when you don't even want to do the work, Matt. That's your problem, Matt. You don't ever want to work, do you, Matt? You just want to be the lazy, whiny little guy that everybody thinks is doing something, but in reality, you're just locking yourself in your office and not doing a damn thing. And then you go whine out there to everybody else saying, nobody's working anymore. You're the one not working. So why don't you just sit in your district for a couple days, like the speaker pro tem wants you to do. You throw your little temper tantrum and then you act, you pull yourself together. You go back to DC next week and you maybe start to pass an appropriation bill. How about that, Matt? No, you won't do that. Will you? You'll go back to DC. You'll continue your temper tantrum there, even though you're getting everything you want. But for some reason for you, 
that's still not good enough. So Rudy Giuliani's legal problems have gotten so much worse in just the last seven days as he has lost both of his lawyers in Georgia as he fights off the felony indictments from Fonnie Willis. That's right. Rudy Giuliani now has no local legal counsel in the Georgia case. So that's a bit of a problem, right? This week, it was a uh, Brian Tevis who filed a motion on Wednesday, letting the court know that, Hey, um, even though I've only been with the dude for like a month, I am, uh, out. So bye. Six days prior to that, it was the other lawyer that Giuliani had hired, both of whom joined his team shortly before he surrendered himself in Fulton County roughly a month ago. So Giuliani has no Georgia lawyers representing him. And we don't know exactly why Mr. Tevis and the other lawyer decided to leave Giuliani's legal team, but it may, and this is what legal experts are suggesting. It may have something to do with the fact that Rudy Giuliani is in financial dire straits, according to reports, and he's struggling to be able to pay his legal fees. He was already hit with $90,000 in the defamation case from Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss. And he still is going to have to pay damages on top of that. Those are just their legal fees. He has to pay. He's got legal fees mounting from other lawsuits. He's got the Georgia indictments. Uh, things aren't looking good. I mean, the dude put up for sale, his Manhattan apartment for six and a half million dollars. As far as I've seen, nobody, nobody's bitten on that yet. So he's not getting that cash. Donald Trump held a fundraiser for him last month that I guess didn't go far enough to solve all of his financial woes. So lawyers are like, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best guy to go devote the next 12 months of our lives to if he can't even pay his bills. So what does Giuliani do now? I mean, obviously he now has this reputation out there as a guy that may or may not be able to pay his legal bills. And again, like I have not seen Rudy Giuliani's finances. I can't say if he is broke or if he's sitting on a mountain of cash. I don't know. But right now, the perception out there in the public is that he doesn't have any money. And if you're a high-powered lawyer, the kind that actually knows how to handle these cases, you're looking at that and you're saying, yeah, I mean, I could, I could get the clout for this. But at the same time, if I lose, then I don't get the clout and then I may not get paid. So the risk outweighs the benefit. So here is what political scientist, uh, Anthony Michael Kreese had to say. He says that Giuliani's best chance to find another Georgia attorney to defend him in the Rico case would be for him to pick a younger lawyer who is looking to gain some recognition. Rudy's troubles compound exponentially. Kreese wrote on Twitter. I am sure. However, there is a scrappy young member of the Georgia bar willing to step in and do some solid work for the exposure. That's his best hope. So Giuliani's entire future may rest on a first or second year lawyer that doesn't necessarily care about the money, just wants to get a little bit of exposure. That's not good. I mean, Donald Trump himself actually recently tried that with the refiling of the lawsuit against Hillary Clinton and the DNC. He picked a guy that had been out of law school for only one year 
And the filing was so bad that the judge, uh, Judge Middlebrooks down in Florida, basically humiliated that poor young lawyer um, in his filing. So you can go that route. Trump's already tried it and it hasn't ended well, but it's safe to say at this point that no matter what happens, no matter who he picks at this point, Giuliani is in serious trouble and it's unlikely that he is going to be able to afford or even obtain a seasoned veteran lawyer that actually knows how to handle these types of cases. And that, of course, is not going to bode well for the outcome for Giuliani. Well, folks, the worst thing in the world that could have happened to Donald Trump happened to Donald Trump this week. Donald Trump was officially removed from Forbes list of the wealthiest people in the United States. So according to Forbes, Donald Trump is not, is not considered at all one of the wealthiest people in this country anymore. In fact, Forbes actually says that his net worth is uh, $2.6 billion down from the 3.2 billion that they valued him at last year. Now, a lot of people think a lot of this has to do with the New York fraud trial. And to a degree, some of it does. Obviously, if he was overinflating his assets, that would overinflate his value. Forbes looks at that and they're like, oh, okay, so these properties are not worth that. So we're going to take it down a notch. But it turns out that the biggest, the biggest hit against Donald Trump's net worth is none other than his beloved Truth Social now, as we know, Truth Social was supposed to be acquired by Digital World Acquisition back in September. That was their deadline. Well, at the very last minute, Digital World shareholders voted to give themselves another year to make the deal final. So they had done the same thing, by the way, last year. Like, well, just one more year and we'll totally get it done. Now they're like, one more year and I swear to God, we're going to get it done this time. And they probably won't, <laughs> but because that sale hasn't gone through, the value of truth social has fallen and not just truth social, by the way, it's Trump's media and technology group that owns truth social. The value fell from $730 million to $100 million. So Trump media and technology group lost, according to Forbes, $630 million worth of value because it is effectively worthless. They've underperformed in the number of users. They underperform in engagement. They just don't hold a candle to Twitter, which is now stupidly called X. Even with Elon Musk running it and making all these horrible decisions, Twitter still dominates that market. You know, Meta, Facebook, came out with threads recently, and that was going to be the new thing. And then that died like after three weeks. I mean, it still exists. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of people do use it. But <laughs> after a high, immediately after three weeks, it like dropped off, like horrible, not happening, unfortunately, over on threads. But even with what's happening with threads, it's still apparently better than what's happening with Truth Social. But all of that aside, right, Trump not being on that Forbes list of wealthiest Americans is literally the worst thing that could happen to that man in his view. Trump has for years bragged about being on that Forbes list. I mean, let me, let me read you this. 
While the inclusion or exclusion from a list of the wealthiest Americans is of little tangible importance to anyone, let alone a billionaire former president running for re-election while also facing 91 felony counts, Forbes made note that the list is something Trump has, quote, obsessed over for decades, even, quote, lying to reporters to get himself ranked higher in past years. So this means a lot to him. He loves it. It's bragging rights. It's a boost to his ego that has now been taken away from him. That's one of the big reasons, as I've said, why he's so worked up about this fraud trial in Manhattan, because it shows that he is worth less than what he originally told people. That's a hit to his ego. Falling off the Forbes list is a hit to his ego. That ego is all that man has. And whenever he takes severe beatings like this, that is the worst thing in his mind that could ever happen to him. And he deserves every second of it, by the way. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.